just going to hit on something that, that's been a, a, a theme for us, not only because of the ministry that's come through here, but I think it's something that we're going to uh, kind of just focus on over the next few months. Um, at least I will be. Um, and that is having a pure heart. And um, we can have a strong anointing. We can have a lot of things happening uh, for us in gifting, but I just want to really focus on this part of our heart because the Lord is really, really trying to posture us to be pure. Amen? Yeah. Guess what happens if, if we just open ourselves up and just say, Holy Spirit, I, I, all I want is a pure heart. Um, he will come. And he will totally remove everything that's impure out of us if we ask him, but we have to ask him. Right? And there's things that are impure in our hearts that we don't even see and we don't even understand, we don't even know. Because the Holy Spirit hasn't revealed those things yet. Like convictions that I had when I first got saved to the convictions now that I have now are night and day. Because every time you go deeper with God, he starts pulling other things out of your lives, out of your life, so that you can contain what he wants to release to you. Amen? So, um, so through the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, uh, our consciences, they're all purified. It's the blood that does it, right? Um, and our minds and our hearts just become pristine. I want you to just know this because this is what the blood of Christ does for you. But in this state of purity, we're granted extraordinary ability to see. Are you getting me? Like, with the pure heart, you can see. I just think of these things as we go, you know, we're kind of getting close to holidays and you got family and you think, you know, we can, sometimes it's, it's very hard to navigate for certain people during holiday times. But I just want you to keep in mind that the Lord wants you to be pure in heart no matter who your, who your relatives are, right? God wants you to be pure in heart, and he wants you to display Jesus to all of them, every single one of them. That doesn't mean I force feed them the gospel. It means I show up and I'm light. I'm just there because, and Jesus is in me, and the Jesus in me kind of squeezes out onto them. And if I have a pure heart, God begins to do things outside of my spectrum and understanding that I have no idea. So this is why I say we have this lens. God wants to give us this spiritual insight. And the glory of God is just so attracted to a pure heart. And so only those with a pure heart can behold the divine presence. While those tainted with impurity... Are unable to do so. I'm just telling. This is this is the Bible. I'm going to show you in a minute. But we want a pure heart so we can see God properly, 
so we can receive God's love properly, so we can attain to the heights where God wants to bring us. And if I'm in judgment of every situation, listen, God wants to rip all those phobic things that we do. Wants to rip them out. I say phobic. I don't know. I'm thinking of other words. Like, uh, you know, there's certain things that you like the way you like and no one else, you know. God wants to crack that stuff off of us. Because that's not Jesus. You all right? I believe that. Like church, oh, I church, you know, I just want it this way. Guess what? We come to have it the king's way, like a big whopper. Come on. And the Holy Spirit wants us to have this divine intent in our hearts, and it comes through a pure heart. Because you cannot have divine intentions if you don't have a pure heart. I'll say it again. You cannot have divine intentions if you don't have a pure heart. And so the Lord wants us to, and, and, and it's only through a, a pure heart that I said that. This truth serves as a compelling testament to the significance of the leading, uh, leading a life of holiness and purity. You know, I know Jolene said this, but I think, I think Rick Joyner originated, you know, the Holy Spirit's first name is Holy. And Holy is pure. It's untainted. It's untouched by anything that's contaminated. That doesn't mean that we don't go to family functions with people who are not walking in the fullness of God. Come on, if we're to be family and to show the love of Christ, it doesn't mean we have to separate if it's abusive and like stuff that's like messing you up and causing you to, all right, you have to ask the Lord about those things. But I believe in general, like we, how many have unsaved loved ones? Okay, God wants to touch them. And he brought you there so that you can touch them, so that you can be light. So, so when our spiritual sight is properly attuned and fixated to the Lord, a remarkable transformation occurs in us. And we want our eyes to see things purely, amen? And the Holy Spirit, again, holy, he's pure, and in his infinite wisdom takes, takes us on a journey into continuous these two continuous growth and to be gracefully transformed. So the Lord wants us in these spaces with the Lord so that purity can manifest in fullness in our lives. And God is trying to pluck things out of you so that I can walk fully with the fullness of God on, our li- on my life. And the Spirit of God wants you to live in this, right? So as um, he wants to refine you. <laughs> I don't look the way I used to. I don't talk the way I used to. He's refining me. And I want the refinement of the Holy Spirit in my life. And if, if you're not changing, then you've stopped someplace. Sometimes, you know, the Bible says that we, believe, we move from glory to glory and some faith to faith to faith. And listen, there's this thing called spiritual formation that we don't use a lot in the charismatic movement. Because we like all our flighty prophetic stuff that only leads us to foolishness sometimes. I said this the other day and I said it today again. I don't have grace for foolishness. I have no compassion for it. 
right? And, and I don't think the Lord's requiring me to have grace for foolishness. Okay. Bruce said no. And I can't, honestly, the Lord wants me to have a compassion for people, but when we're not, when we're not willing to be tra- transformed and changed, and I'm telling you, this whole thing about Psalm 24, it's going to beckon us for the rest of our lives. That I, you and I want to ascend to the high place in God, and I want the open doors, and I want the Revelation 4 door, and I like all that prophetic stuff and all the jargon, but he's looking for formation in me that's changed because my heart's pure, my life is clean. You know, the righteousness he gave you is a gift, but you have to maintain the righteousness. Oh, come on, Evan, tell me when I'm preaching good. So as we behold his glory, we're gradually and gracefully transformed. But, you, but here's the thing, right? And I'll get to the, to the scripture in Matthew chapter 5 where, you know, Jesus on, the, on one of his greatest sermons tells us these things that we're supposed to like follow into. Why? Because they change us. The Beatitudes change me. Like how to be. Like the Beatitudes teach me how to be, how to live and to be like him. And so this this transformation is not merely superficial, but it's profound. It's a profound metamorphosis that God wants to do in your life, right? And it only occurs, it will only occur in my, in the core of my being, right? Right? The kingdom's like this. It works as a seed. And it works from the inside out. But it has to work its way out. If you don't water what's inside, if I don't feed what's inside of me, then how do I expect change to come out? How do I expect to begin to look like Jesus and talk like Jesus and, and do miracles like Jesus? Like, there is a thing about gifting. There, there's been a, a thing in the body of Christ, like, okay, character, you know, we don't want to have char- we don't we want character with, without gifting or, you know, all these things. We want to go, you know, we want what we want when we want it. And God wants you to be gifted and powerful in your, in your person, in your character, in your integrity. And that's, that causes you to just say, Jesus, have your way. Do whatever you need to do to get inside of me, to remove everything that's inside. So, so my quirks, God, I give to you. You don't give them to him and then take them back. You know, OCD is not Jesus. Obsessive compulsive behavior is not the Lord. Okay. Just making sure you know that. So our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions are being reshaped and aligned with with the divine will. What's the divine will? God's will. What's the divine thing that God wants you to be looking like? His will. Because it's his will to do things with you in this world. He wants to do things. He wants to use you. And so I believe this, that the radiance of God's presence permeates every aspect of our lives. If you, if you say, Jesus, do it, 
and it illuminate, it lights up the path ahead of you. I want to walk in the light as he is in the light, as John said, but I can't walk in the light if I don't love my brother and if I don't love my neighbor and if, I don't, if, if everything you do bothers me. So we're asking the Lord to do that and empower us to live in accordance with his purposes. I want to live in accordance to his purposes. Let us therefore strive for purity of heart. God wants us to strive for purity of heart, recognizing the immense, immense privilege and responsibility that comes with our ability to perceive God through spiritual sight. How many know God wants you to see everything? You were created to see by the Holy Spirit. Created to see him. And as we surrender, everyone say surrender. surrender. Look at your neighbor, say surrender. Yeah, tell them to surrender because, you know, it's good to have your friend help you. Seriously, as we surrender ourselves to the refining work of the Holy Spirit, we open ourselves up to a life that is ever increasing in glory. And I want you to see that, that in the intimacy of a divine union with him. And that's what the goal is. This is the goal in your life, that you have such a divine union with the Lord that you hear what he says, that you see what he's doing. This is how Jesus functioned in the earth. And God wants to open your eyes once again today. And it's going to be through it, a pulling some things out of your heart. And listen, personally, I do this all the time. I say, God, purify my heart. Anytime something comes at me, purify my heart. Anytime, anytime, you know, it gets, you know, sometimes stuff just gets under your skin. I'm the only one. Really, sometimes stuff just bugs you. And you have to ask the Lord, what is the reason that it's bugging me? And will you remove that thing that's bothering, that causes this to bother me? See, this isn't like navel gazing. It's just like God if something's activated in your life that's like, ah, this is annoying, just say, what is it, Lord? Why is it annoying? You don't need a prophet to come give you a word on that. You need to just talk to Jesus about it. Right? Okay. Matthew 5 and verse 8. We'll get to the word and make it all legal. Blessed is the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, the cross reference, of course, brought me right to Psalm 24. And it says this, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand? Means remain. Means you're unshakable. Means you're not moved by circumstances. Means that standing is like, you, you, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. The earth can be quaking. The great shaking can be happening. The Hebrews 12 shake a little quake a little, can be happening, and God can be coming with fire, yet you're unmovable because you know that the best place to be is in the center of God. And with 
the center of God, in the center of God, is the fire of God that purifies because he purifies his messengers. He purifies them. This is what he says in Hebrews, uh, excuse me, Malachi chapter 3. It's the one, it says that, it speaks about, listen, there's a messenger coming. And he's going to make every path straight. But the refi- he's going to be the one that brings the refiner. He's going to be like a, a, a winnowing fork. He's going to be like a launderer's soap. He's going to be like a burning intense fire. Come on, squeaky clean Jesus is coming to get us. And he's going to clean up his church. Listen, guess what? This is the mission. The Lord is coming to clean up his church. And as his church becomes a glorious, spotless, the Bible says spotless. That means untainted, purity, clean. You can't find a speck. You're like, that's like perfection. Yes. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That means mature. You, you know what, what's happening in the earth and you act accordingly. You walk in wisdom because the purity of heaven is on your life and you know what to do in what season and every season to do it. You know what to do. So who may stand? Are you wanting to stand? Or when someone moves something out of place, you get all shaken. Oh, no, I'm really, because these things, like, if, no, that doesn't go there. It's all right. No, seriously, because we get like this. Like, people get really freaked out about things being in perfect order. And the Holy Spirit wants us to, like, clamp on it. I have to do it. I say it because I have to do it. So who has, he who has clean hands, who's going to ascend? He who has clean hands and pure hearts. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. Hmm. What's the idol? Whatever it is that clouds you from seeing Jesus. Whatever it is that's distorting your vision from seeing Jesus. Whatever it is that like, you constantly are tripping over that makes you lose your salvation. You say, lose your salvation. No, some people just totally all of a sudden flick, change. Because something happens and something shifts. And what, what's the idol? Why do you come to church? Oh, sometimes it can be because of women. No, no. Come on, I'm talking. Sometimes it can be because of men. Sometimes you go somewhere and you'll put more time in because there's something you want there. Something looking really fine. Hey, I'm serious. Or I go because I got to clock myself in because it's my duty to Jesus. What are we talking about? What's an idol? It's anything that's clouding your vision from wholly running after Jesus and moving towards him in an unhindered. God wants you. He wants you alone. He wants you out without your pack of idols. He wants you without your luggage. He does. Right? I'm telling you, there's things, there's reasons why men and women, listen. Say it. I need water before I say it. 
I need my water. Thanks. No, I better not go there. I better not know. I don't think I should. You know what wisdom is? Not saying everything you think. There we go. I'll leave it. I just know that there's people that come motivated, people that have come through this ministry motivated, telling me, I finally found my tribe. And then when they realize the prize that they came here for doesn't land in their lap, they leave. Hmm, that's an idol. That's something you have in mind that God never had in mind. I almost said it. Listen to this. So if if I don't, let's read on. He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. Like what's blessing? Everything that God has. Everything that he wants to release to you. Everything that you don't even have in mind, the fullness of what God wants to release for a blessing for you. I don't know what you have perceived in your mind, but you don't have the fullness of it because you, there's some place where it's tainted and you like diminish who God really is. No, I'm, I'm being completely serious because we're looking for things and God has so much more. And we settle for crumbs when the Lord is saying, I have like bountiful blessing that I want to release to you. But you just can't, you just can't because there's things in your heart that you need to remove. Right? And the righteous, and righteousness from God, from the, from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. Isn't it awesome that you get to be the generation that seeks his face? Yeah, you're a bunch of supplanters, you're a bunch of deceivers, but guess what? God's going to turn your name to Israel because that's what the blessing of the Father was over Jacob's generation. I will call you Israel. I will no longer call you Jacob. I call you Israel, right, is the new name. It's, a prince of, it's the prince of God. But even in Jacob, he said, Esau, I hated, but Jacob, I loved. The, the beautiful pr- picture of grace. Because yet, even in the impurities that Jacob walked in, he still had a blessing from the Lord. And the Lord loved him. Why? Because he did have a pure heart. Somewhere in there, he was looking for the the same God, the same God of Abraham, his grandfather. He was still looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. So when we talk about ascending, God is speaking to us about going up. Right? Not just in going up into a place where you don't live in low-level thinking. You don't live. You live in increase. It actually also means increase. So ascend is increase. How many want increase in their lives? And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your life being full. I'm talking about being free from everything that holds you back and keeps you down. There's an undeniable place, the place of ascension. This was a word that came to us again and again and again. God wants you to ascend. 
So it means this. It means to go up, to increase, to become strong, to overcome. This is all the same word, ascend. This is literally what it means. I don't know. Why do we got to go higher? Why are you always going higher? Because I want to ascend to the place where God wants me. See, that the hill of the Lord is where God brings increase, where, he flow, where the blessing of God comes down, where the increase always comes from. And you're made to go up. You were created to go up, to ascend. Literally means you were created to go up. Elevated, and all those words, exalted. But we have to be able to stand in that place where God wants you in that high place and hold ground. If you look through the book of Joshua, every place that they conquered, they had to hold the land and conquer the next land. There are enemies in your life that God has called you to conquer, annihilate, and remove. And then you fortify. What do I mean by fortify? You take ground in your life and then you fortify that area in your life. That means you walk. Listen, when I came out of drug addiction and all the other junk that I was in, God set me free, but I had to hold the ground. Can't go back to drinking and drugging. No, you slip up and slip back. You take one foot off the gas. No, it's full on. God wants you full on all the time. So there's things that we tolerate and we make compromise. And God doesn't want you to make compromise. But guess what? You can't tell what that is for someone else. You can't tell someone else this is an area of compromise. You can tell them if you're, if you're like this. But if there's someone that doesn't know Jesus, they don't have a grid. Because we get like, as Christians, as believers, we get real condemning. When the Lord is just saying, will you just love that person where they're at? They need help. They need, they need prayer. They need you to be a witness. So I'm not, the, the whole thing about... Ascending is God wants you to stay on a plateau and then move to the next plateau, right? So there's, you're going up. You're ascending. Who can ascend? It's a progression. Like I we want the hill of the Lord, but where does the hill of the Lord ever end? No, who said there's a top to the, to the mountain? Oh, no, where God is, there's no finish line. There's a place that he wants to bring you, and it can, it's continual growth and increase in the kingdom. And this is not just for the, for the guys that do... All right. The guys that do the stuff. I was going to say magic tricks. No. I, because we can be, you know, suave and impress everyone. Listen, people come in this place, and you think they're anointed, and you don't even know. I'm not talking speakers. I'm talking people that float into these conferences and you think that you know. This is why it is important. It's imperative. It's not just about a conference. Or, but there's people, ready? This is why Jesus said, listen, there, there, there could be wolves among you. 
The apostle Paul had to deal with this all the time. The church now needs to be definitively discerning. And we, we talk and we have conversations with people and we don't even know where they're coming from. We have no discernment like where they are spiritually because they say some Christianese and talk some prophetic talk jargon. We think they're anointed and they should be like praying for the next person. Whoa. All right? Because the Holy Spirit wants you to be discerning on who you, like, this is why, this is why. He says, don't be quick to lay hands. I'm not saying you're going to, listen, someone totally demon-possessed can come in here and lay hands on me. I'm not getting nothing from them. But it doesn't mean you, all, you give yourself over to that and open yourself up to that. That's why Paul was so, so intent on, like, this is how it goes. You, you set elders with, with the laying on hands. You set apostles, prophets, all these with laying on of hands. You also lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There is a laying on of hands. But there is, listen, don't be quick to lay hands on people. You'll catch up. Clean hands. These hands are either holy, are they clean? Are your hands clean? And if they're not, we just ask the Lord, Lord, clean my hands. Wash me. Wash me in your word. So what, what we set our hands to, also, what do you set your hands to? What do I do with my hands? Meaning, where do I run to? And I'm, it's not technically talking about your hands, but where you're pursuing. What you're going after. Because it's what you go after, you grab. Right? There's things that we go after that we grab, either by the Spirit or with our hands. I'm talking about spiritual things. You grab after things. Some of us are like, you know, hungry fish. Anything that's shiny, we're grabbing at it. No, I'm serious. Because, why? Because there's a lack of the word of the Lord in the earth. Why did, the, why did the Lord raise up Samuel in that time? Why is he raising up a Samuel or, a, or, a, or, a, or an Elijah generation right now? Because the word of the Lord is rare. I'm thankful for the guys that we have through here. They're tried, they're true. But not everyone's like that. Listen. <laughs> Mercy, if I watch YouTube too long, I'll get mad. Because I'm like, where did you get that $30 word? You're just echoing everyone else. So who's, we, we need to believe that God's going to release the truth, the true prophets, and he wants to release a generation of prophets right here. Amen. So clean hands speaks of being unmarried. Means you're a chaste virgin. Means you're blameless. Clean hands, innocent. Free from obligation. 
oh, that's a good one. Because some of us seem obligated to a lot of things that aren't the Lord. And God's trying to shift things for you so that you know what he wants and you go after what he wants. And you have a discerning eye and a discerning ear to run and put your hands to the things that the Lord is wanting you to put your hands to. And not what man wants you to put your hands to. Or not what other people want you to put your hands to. Right? Holy Spirit has to guide you. And this is, this is talking about walking in righteousness, right? Job 17 and verse 9 says this, Yet the righteous will hold to his way, and he who has clean hands will be stronger and stronger. This is what, so this is what we don't see. We think like purity is an option. Purity is not an option. So anything that the Lord is trying to get a hold of, you got to get to the root of it and allow the Spirit of God to break, break the stuff off of you. Come on, there's self-deliverance in the room. I can feel it. Proverbs 4.18. This is what happens when you have clean hands. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. Right? Righteousness. I walk in righteousness. I pursue righteousness. You are righteous, but I pursue righteousness. The path of of the just. The path of the righteous is like a shining sun. It shines ever brighter under a perfect day. So good. That means it's bringing you to the end. And in the end, it's maturity on your life. You're walking in the fullness of that. So it's so crazy because this thing about the pure heart God wants the whole entire church to walk and have a pure heart. You have to ask the Lord, God, purify my heart. Let my heart never waver. Let my heart be purified daily. Lord, I come to you. I ask the washing of your word to purify me. These are the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. And that whole thing, when you're walking with a pure heart, you are pure. Your moral condition. God, the Lord had already taken care of your moral condition, right? But you have to maintain your moral condition. Yes? Are we in agreement? I'm just making sure I'm talking to the right room. You have to maintain. It's not doing or it's not works. It's like I maintain my life so that I'm walking in moral, moral purity. Right? I maintain. Someone else doesn't do it. I do it. And therefore, all of a sudden, the radiance of God comes on my life. Same word, pure, but it's radiant. There's a blazing light that comes from pure life. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to become a, a beacon. I want my life to become radiant. Why? It's funny. 
little kids, they mostly, they, they are attracted. It might be, I don't know. They like, they like me. I notice this. Like when we're in different places, they just look at me and they just smile. Big eyes, different things, right? Kids can detect. Kids are a beacon. They know. So I just want you to just ask the Holy Spirit. Ready? Psalm 19.9. This is becoming radiant. The commandment of the Lord is what? Pure enlightening the eyes. It opens your eyes so that you can see purely. So when I follow the commandments of God, when I follow the Lord, he can open my, my vision. I'm talking about following Jesus and following the living word. But Psalm 19.9 says that. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And then another crazy word that was about purity. Ready? It was empty. Speaking of a manger. Why? Because Proverbs 14.4 speaks about the anointing. But it says this, that there's no, where there's no oxen, the trough is what? Clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. But where the ox is, there can be some dirt, some poop. Yeah. Right? I'm just, I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit. There's something in that. Because we want our place to be pure and clean. When the, when the ox comes in, come on, we want a clean place for the ox to mess up. Ah. No, the ox does speak of the anointing. And listen, where the anointing is, like, listen, <laughs> when we have these conferences, there's a stronger anointing. Why? Because there's a lot, of, lot more anointing and oil in the cluster. It's just the way it is, right? So there's, a, there's something that happens. But if this place is clean, if this place is ready, then it doesn't matter what comes in, the tainted things get washed out because of the purity of God in here. Because of the purity of God that's in the leadership. Because of the purity of, of God that's on the worship team. Come on, because of the purity of God that's in you. Okay, there is something that, to be said about the anointing flowing. There is always going to be a mess. When the oil flows, I'm telling you, something happens with people in the flesh. Okay? Also, being pure, pure heart means this. It means favorite. You're, you're God's favorite. You're the chosen one. You're the special one. So literally, the purity and the pure heart attracts, attracts a special relationship. And I don't know about you, but this actually refers to Song, Song of Solomon 6, 9. You're my dove, my perfect one, is the only one. That means the Lord is looking for those who are his dove. That means you're a pure one, that God is coming and visiting, and you are the apple of his eye, meaning the pupil of his eye, the very center of his eye. You're the one that he's desiring. You're his only one. But I'm his favorite son, so you can't be his only one. 
right? Yes, it's true. I'm his favorite one. The rest of you, I'm teasing. You know I'm teasing. But we're asking for this, for, for the Lord to come in this way, that he sets his favor in an area, that, this, that as we pursue the Lord and we look to ascend the hill, and as we're a generation set apart to seek his face, that the desire of his heart is to come. You know, he, he loves those who are looking for him. I know he loves the whole world, but he, he desires those who come after him. The Bible says those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. In the same beatitude. Like if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, by hunger and thirst for him, he's coming to fill the temple. The question is, how hungry and how much light and how much radiance, remember, from the, the, where Jesus talks about the eye, it's where the light comes in. Right? It's how I perceive him. It's how I look at him. And his desire is to come and reveal himself in the fullness of his light, of his radiance, of his beauty. And the Holy Spirit is desiring to come in this place, in New England, however, wherever he wants to go, all over the earth. And he's looking for a pure, spotless bride. So that means I, I just remove everything that gets in the way. I ask the Lord, Lord, send your water to cover me. So I'm asking the Lord with, his, with eyes, right? Because we're going to ask him for it, to have a frequency that comes from this place. There's a sound. It's a sound that resounds to the ear of God. And it releases the, the, a frequency into the spiritual realms. I know, I'm talking mystically, but it's God wants this for your life. And Jesus not only saw the Father in perfect perspective, but he also did. He was able to discern what God's heart was. Are you hearing what God's heart is? If you're hearing me and I'm just babbling to you, then you have to ask the Lord for help. Because these are words of life that I'm releasing today, I promise you. And, and I felt like this was, like, this is a determining factor for us in engaging where God wants to bring us. You know, either he set another level of, of, of anointing and glory and presence and strength on this place, or he didn't. But the thing is, what happens, here's the, here, I'm going to teach you right now. What happens is we settle and we just go into passive mode. And I believe that we can build on what God already did. And it's not striving, but it's pursuing. I want to pursue God. God wants you to pursue him. And when you pursue him, he'll find you. I'm telling you, he's waiting for you. You don't even have to go find him. He's, not even, he's always been looking for you. He's always been looking for you. So his gaze penetrates the veils that are over us, over our, our understanding, over our human understanding. What we perceive mostly is what we perceive in a carnal way. 
This is all prophetic school right now. I'm telling you right now. This one psalm, I could unlock a whole prophetic school out of. Because there is, there's a determination of the people of God to get to say, I'm done with human understanding. I'm asking for spiritual understanding that can only come through, is it 2 Corinthians chapter 2? I have to ask for spiritual wisdom, yes. right? And so the unraveling mysteries of God's divine plan come through this place where I ascend, where I pursue him, where I desire him only. And I ask the Lord, Lord, clean my hands. Right? David, David was a man bloody from war. Come on, he was an adulterer and a murderer. I mean, murdering people that weren't even, he wasn't even fighting in war. Like murdering to cover up. Didn't have clean hands. But he's asking, God, I want to come to the hill of the Lord. Who can ascend? So it doesn't matter where you've come from. doesn't matter what happened yesterday. doesn't matter what happened two hours ago. God wants to bring us up to a height that we've never experienced before. And tomorrow morning, there's a new place to go. Like there has to be this desire and this insatiable thirst inside of you that says, God, I will not stop. I will not quit. I will not shut down. I will ask you for more. And I say this, and this is big in, in this place, and it's like the, the more of God is what we want. Because he is the one with the exceeding greatness of his power that wants to be, he wants to release it to you today. And what he did on last Friday, Saturday, Sunday is yesterday. It's, it doesn't go uncounted. It's just something you received and you grabbed with the catcher's mitt. Come on, Stephanie, you took it, come on, and received it. And then now you just ask the Lord, Lord, all those things, and I desire you only. And thank you that I'm the dove, I'm the, I'm the one, I'm the, I'm the dove, I'm the one that, you look, that you're looking for, that you're desiring. Right? So this is the, I mean, it's his, God, we want to see God's every intention in his eye and every intention in his heart. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. So I can do a lot of ministry, but if I don't have the heart of God, what am I doing? If you go to work every day and you don't have the heart of God in what you're doing, do you understand? When we go, wherever we go, every day, there's an intention. You have to just look, say, God, there's someone in this store. It doesn't have to be everyone down every aisle. It can be, but there's people that God has for you every day that he's trying to like, you grab. The problem is we're, we're content with like, okay, Sunday, maybe I'll show up Wednesday. And I'm not even talking about church time, but why is our, what, what's our desire? Like if my desire is to meet with the Lord, then listen, I, I honestly, I'm about, I feel like, Coming in 2024, and we've discussed this, I have to open this place more. Why? I had a long talk with Charlie about just, you know, they're doing a Moravians thing. Which, how, does, how do they get 24 hours of prayer? Easy. 24 people praying one hour a day. I'd like it to be on location. 
I don't know how we're going to do that. Maybe that's not for us. But I know this, that prayer has to need an uptick in here. Because for what God wants to do, you can't do it on three hours of, of prayer and, and three hours of a Sunday service. <laughs> I say three. <laughs> That's not cultural. But it's true. So that six hours that we, we give to God out of a how many hour week? Yeah, 170 something. Great. We give him six corporately. I don't know. Call me crazy. We're going to go after it somehow. I might be here on the, she's going to teach me how to play piano. It's going to be interesting. All right, I'll finish out here. Hold on. So we're asking the Lord for extraordinary because what did I start with? Well, yeah, pure heart. Blessed are, the, blessed are the pure in heart for they'll what? See God. They'll see God. So there's an extraordinary spiritual sight that God wants to give you. That he wants to empower you. That he empowered Jesus with. And Jesus is our model. Is he not? If Jesus is my model then Jesus was walking in that perfect alignment with the Father's will and his steps were guided by the radiant light. By radiant light. There was things that God illuminated so that he could walk in that way. And for everyone in this room, I don't care how old you are, God wants to release that for you tonight in a fresh way. He wants to open your eyes. He wants to purify the heart. He wants you to pursue things that he ordained. I said he ordained. Because we can ordain and, and chase after things that God never told us to. And we start running all over the place. And, and we're not really following what the Lord wants. Because of his intention for you is to find the sweet spot in him. And listen, I'm not about, like, I don't want to open up a place to pray and just, you know, one person here, like, grinding it out. That's not my, no, I want, we're asking the Lord, God, release a, a strategy so that we can have fervent prayer and meet with you. Like, this will be, a, like, fire on the altar. That doesn't go out. Right? But when other things are, like, maneuvering us past prayer first. Because what's going to purify my heart? Oh, it's when I get with him. My purity in heart comes from being with him and being in the word. Right? And that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. That's where fresh fire happens. But as followers of Jesus, right, I want to walk in you know, unwavering clarity. I don't want to try and guess. Listen, this is the problem. I'm addressing some things because we walk around with no, with no compass. And I'm telling you, God can release to you, every person in this room, unwavering clarity on what God wants you to do. But who gives God time? <laughs> See, we'll get it someday. We will. 
We will. Who gives God time? So if Jesus carried out the perfect will of the Father, I'm just going to put this in perspective for everyone in the room. If Jesus did it, and you're not Jesus, I know that. But guess what? He's inside of you. And so if you're walking with un unwavering, un just unwavering clarity, and you hear what the Father wants you to do, then you will have a mark on history. That could change nations. No, and you're sitting in this room and you're like, no, I don't know. No, I, I think the potential is inside of every person in this room to change nations, to disciple nations. Some of you don't believe me. That's okay. I pray you do believe me because there has to be an intentionality. And not everyone's called to go to the nations. I realize that. But it could be through business. It could be through whatever. God can impact a region because of your obedience. It doesn't matter. You don't need to be a preacher up here. You need to get a job and go be in the marketplace. No, really. And then you're never mind about the spirits and things that are out there. You're called to be light. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Oh, I'm feeling like it's an eternal preach tonight. I just feel like it won't stop. So as followers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, God is beckoning, us, beckoning every one of us. He's bellowing like there's a, there's a groan that is happening on the inside to embark in a similar way that Jesus did, on a similar journey that Jesus did. If I say Jesus, do you get like, wow, no, it's Jesus only? Jesus was a model on the earth so that we could walk it out. And the church really doesn't understand that part of it. The, the Lord came and was, he had to come as a man, and everything's about the man that's on the throne. And he is Christ. But he did all that so that he could step down out, right, out of heaven onto the earth and display what a human filled in perfect, perfect unity with the Father could do in the earth. And I know he's Savior. I know he's Master. I know he's all that. But he's filled you with the hope of glory. So through fervent prayer, again, deep meditation, and a surrendered spirit. My heart is surrendered. We wait on the Lord not to fall asleep. <laughs> we wait anticipating. God is going to show up in my prayer room. God's going to show up in a prayer meeting. God's going to show up when there's 10 or 12 of us or 15 or 30 or whatever it is. Right? He'll show up and... So that what happens is during those moments, because I can remember we had Stevie. Everyone else was kind of trickling out of here. There was probably 15 of us. This was not this time. This was the last time. I got blasted in the prayer room. It was so loud in here I had to go in the prayer room. Oh, it was loud. Ears bleeding. No, just kidding. <laughs> but I went in the prayer room, and I could feel the Lord just bending on me. 
and I wasn't doing anything, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I was feeling like, yeah, my body's tired. But the pressing of the presence of God is what changes. And God wants to do something transformative in every person in this room. Transformative. That means you don't leave the same. And it can happen here. It can happen at your house. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's not all about the church building. But I know you're not home. I'll leave that out. You are home. Laboring before the Lord. Amen. You wake up in the morning and God comes and bears down on you. And so it's a sacred exchange because we gain access to hidden heavenly things. And God wants to inform you about what's going on in your community. He wants to inform you about what's going on in your business. He wants to inform you about what's happening in the region. He wants to inform you. He's a God that speaks. He's not silent. And so he does, he's, God's wanting us to discern his desires and participate in a, in a plethora of things that he wants to do in his redemptive purposes in the earth. So as Hebrew says, let us therefore cast off shackles of limited perception. Like God is wanting to un... He wants to pop the cork on our perception spiritual perception of how you see things, how you hear things. Some of you hear things in, in conversations that aren't even right with people because there's a spirit that accesses you and twists the words that people say and you hear it differently. No one in this room, people on YouTube. do that all the time. But there's boundless possibilities and, and spiritual insight that God wants to give you in this time, right? And so may our eyes be opened to divine frequencies. May our eyes be open and our ears be open to divine sounds. May we see the, what's happening by the Spirit. I'm telling you, I saw stuff come in that was trying to spy on the meetings last week. It was an unclean thing, and I never experienced that before. But guess what? That encourages me. Because if dark things are looking in to try and check on, on what's happening at Kingdom Awakening Ministries at the Awakening Revival Center, then I'm like, okay, we're doing something right. And so I'd never experienced that before. And so I say this because I, in that, I'm like, God, what is going on? He said, you need keener sight. I said, oh, okay. So I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm preaching to myself. And the Holy Spirit wants us to walk in these understanding that what surrounds us, God is wanting us to see. The things that are around us that you don't see right now, God wants you to see. Any, any place that we've made covenant with idols, 
any place that we've made covenant with dark things, anything that is ungodly, God wants to break right now and remove it and destroy it. Like the anointing comes to crush. Like the God of peace, the Bible says, comes to crush, soon crush Satan under your feet, right? So there's a crushing that wants that the enemy, anything that the enemy has hold on us, he wants to annihilate those things, right? And enable us to see the Lord in an intimate way, brand new way. Intimacy is always new. Oh. And in this pursuit, we become vessels of divine revelation. God wants to open up our, our spiritual senses. Everyone say spiritual senses. So that you don't just see, but you begin to smell, you begin to hear, you begin to like feel. Remember, like I, I felt the Lord. Like touch my flesh. That's crazy. Like, that's special, but it also puts the fear of the Lord in me in the same way. And he wants to do the same thing to everyone in this room. Like, if you are entertaining angels and you just don't even know it yet, right? The angelic is active in your life. And so he wants to use us as instruments of love and transformation in the world, in a world that's yearning. What I'm saying to you, the whole world is yearning. The Bible says that the world, the, all creation is groaning. Right? If all creation is groaning for the manifestation of you, because it's, it's groaning for what? The manifestations of the sons of God. That's weos. That's the mature sons. And I just declare over everyone in this place that you are a mature son of God. That you walk in the maturity of, of, of the presence of the Lord. That God begins to bring to you insight as we cleave. Come on, let's stand and let's. He truly does. He truly does. He wants to open up everything for you. And he's just looking for a people. Listen, it's, it, it's said in the, in the psalm, the blessing of the Lord. And then Jesus says these words. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So as we just wait, like we're just going to wait on the Lord. This is an altar. I know there's prayer teams today. Maybe there should be. But what I want to do is I just want to allow people to respond to the Lord. And then I want the prayer teams to come in behind and just begin to pray for people, okay? Can we do it that way today? Just allow people to respond to the Lord. And so we're going to ask right now, everyone, everyone in the room, eyes closed, just get before the Lord. Don't look at me, look at Jesus. We're just going to say, God, 
We're thanking you right now, right now in these moments for clean hands and pure hearts. We don't lift our soul to any other thing, any other one. We have only one lover, and it's you, Jesus.